Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Lewis Figo, the expert roller. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a new weekly show from Monday Our Magazine that is hopefully an antidote to real footy men talking seriously about real footy stuff. Instead, we'll be rummaging down the side of the sofa to talk about old kits, forgotten goals, smoking footballers, non-league legends, amateur dramatics and ice lollies. I'm your host, Owen Blackhurst, and if you don't know Monday Al, then we are a football publisher that comprises a quarterly magazine, some social channels that once beat deluded Brendan to a top industry gong, some long-form documentaries we can't stop banging on about, and a hooky t-shirt run that got us through COVID, but absolutely terrified potential investors. Joining me today to remind you why you love football are Somerset's Seb White, Wolverhampton's James Bird, Shrewsbury's producer Tommy Stewart, and making her podcast debut, Mundell designer and colouring in expert, Suffolk's Sophie Kirk. How are we all? All good, all good. Still, I'm still on a bit of um, bit of a high from from the weekend in the women's FA Cup final, which was a, a delight on a number of different levels, mainly because Chelsea won. <laughs> yeah, your pivot to becoming a Chelsea fan, Seb, and it, although it is the, the the women's team, and I love Emma Hayes, and you and me once watched. I think the seeds of this were sown when we want, went to watch um, Chelsea against Yeovil at uh, King's Meadow a few years ago, when essentially you got me to write some propaganda uh, after that about Yeovil ladies. And um, turns out they just weren't very good. So they maybe that was why they weren't in the league. And they got snotted 7-0, I think, by um, Emma Hayes' rampant Chelsea. You played some of the best football I've ever seen from any team live ever. Mm. But um, despite the fact you're doing it, um, with Ava, and she gets so much out of it. Doesn't it feel a bit... Look, it, it doesn't come easy, you know, being brought up on the Chelsea of your Mourinho's, your Terry's, your Lampard's, your Drogba's. You, you weren't brought... You were 25 then, mate. You weren't brought up on them. <laughs> yeah. OK, we can keep going back. Although, to be fair, we, and again, this is one thing we've noticed, you know, the, the actual, you know, the Livialis, Di Matteo's and stuff like the players like that were great for Chelsea. It was more the Dennis Wise's and, and players like that that have just got a little bit, a bit much. Don't get me wrong. I do find it hard. I do think, though, that Chelsea um, women are uh, a, gr- a great example of what they do. They've got a brilliant manager. They've got a fantastic set of players. As of, you know, Man United, Arsenal, Man City and I'll be honest, I'm very much in uh, uh, We Support Women's Football Now camp for sure because I've just loved going week in, week out this season with my daughter. And yeah, um, long may that continue. Your, your daughter's not even interested in the men's team, right? So she only supports Chelsea women. Yeah, exactly. She loves she loves the women's football. Because Do you know why? Because last summer she saw... We went to a couple of games before Chelsea, but last summer she saw people become heroes and and an inspiration and and everything stems from there. You know, there's, there's, a, there's that saying, isn't there? 
if you can see it, you can be it. And now she's playing football as well. That, you know, hopefully there are hundreds and that well, there will be hundreds and thousands of kids that will be doing the same as Ava. And that's such that's really, really good. Well, a lovely weekend then, Seb. And Tom, Tom Soph, how, how were your weekends? Yeah, mine was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, very relaxed. You know, I'm out in the arse end of nowhere, really. So there's not a lot to do except watch the football and, and kind of keep up with stuff. Yeah, you you live in a garage, don't you, Soph? Is that right? I am. Yeah, I, I live in a garage yeah, with all all my belongings surrounding me like a wall. It's very sad. <laughs> I live in a, a fort made of boxes, basically, um, at the end of uh, someone's garden. <laughs> sounds sounds good to me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I I kept up with. Uh, well, we've got a very good group chat. Uh, we've got Southampton fans, Arsenal fans, and one Chelsea fan um, in our girlies group chat. Oh, our Chelsea fans probably the the one person in the group chat who sends the most messages. Every group chat's got them. They are on it every day, every, early in the morning. I am absolutely, absolutely hate Chelsea with with everything in me. But I know what's Seb calling himself in this group. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Uh... <laughs> James, we are going to move on to you. So anyone who listened last week will have enjoyed, I, I hope anyway, enjoyed the uh, the West Ham dream blunt rotation. So we thought we're going to bring this back as a regular. Without further ado, James, I would like you to talk first about your dream midfield blunt rotation, set the scene, where are we going, who are we smoking with? All right, well, where are we going? We're going back to 2005, back to the noughties. And uh, it's the Galacticos. Galacta Bros. It's the Galacta <laughs> Bros. It's the Galacta Bros. Exactly. Very good. And it's Real Madrid versus Espanyol. It's February. Real Madrid win 4 0. And their midfield is David Beckham, Guti, Luis Vigo, Zinedine Zidane. And all I'm saying is that with those four, right, it, I don't care whether it's February, you're in one of those high ceiling departments in Madrid. You know, there's nice palm trees out there. There's big, thick walls. You've got Bex, David Beckham, looking beautiful. Long blonde hair. He's sat there. The smoke billowing around his head. Just look at him. Imagine that. Imagine that. Gooty, handsome as well. He's talking shit, man. Gooty's talking some absolute nonsense. Then who else have you got? Luis Figo, the expert roller. He's been smoking it since he was 13 on the mean streets of Lisbon. And then Zizou, just telling truths life's finest truths with his royal face just telling and then and then the substitute comes in doesn't he in that game thomas gravison comes onto the pitch and scores tommy gravison was open the door hey what are you all doing this is a disgrace we do not smoke at real madrid and, and gucci it's a difficult one for gucci this isn't it because beckham's obviously Looking splendid, linen. I would imagine a lot of linen. Um, <laughs> not scared of not not scared of a hot rock because he can just buy another pair of trousers whenever he wants. He's probably got probably got his own range by this point of DB linen. Uh, Gooty, he's just a pound shot Beckham, isn't he? At this point, he's got the same hair, but it's never as nice. Yeah, it's always a bit straggly. He's obviously he's obviously not putting a toner in after he's dyed it. It's a bit of a fucking mess. Type of thing. His aunt Carol, probably not Carol in Spain. What would her name be? And Fucking Veronique, I don't know, a Spanish name. Done in the kitchen, old hat on, hair pulled through, 
just staring at Beckham, just wants to be in, getting more and more in himself as he's having a spliff. Guti's not enjoying it. He's waiting for Gravo. He wants to get on it with Gravo. I think the way I see Gooty in the situation is uh, completely pretending to like doing a uh, Bill Clinton uh, not. Yeah, he's choking, he's coughing, and he's eaten way too many um, Aldi version. No, not Aldi, Carrefour version of uh, cheddars, and he's puked up. But like within like, he's had half a half a San Miguel and half a half a joint and he's yeah he's all over the place that's how i see goody yeah zizu's so fucking such an accomplished man at oh. this that he'll have, he'll have a glass of red along with it does it doesn't <laughs> think it doesn't white out never whites out no just a glor a glorious man a man of glory maybe even maybe even a maybe even a white wine on on a, on a warm night i think he gets more <laughs> philosophical as the night goes on as well it's, yeah. it's just lovely it's just lovely company who's picking the music Zidane. It, it's, it's just a really chill ambient. It's Zidane's flat. Figo lives next door. So he sort of knows where everything is. He can go and do a bit of music if, if, if he wants. He knows where everything is in the kitchen. Bexy's just in from the outskirts somewhere. Lambo outside. <laughs> Gooty's gone there on a fucking bike. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what Gooty's doing. Nah, his mum's dropped him off, I reckon. M- mum's dropped him off. Turned up, with, turned up with his rolling mat in a fucking carrier bag. <laughs> <laughs> Zidane skinning up on the back of like a Miles Davis record or something I'd imagine Just slowly knocking one up I could see Zidane being into like I don't know having like the fall or something he'll he'll have some they're all smoking listening to something chilled and as the door opens totally wired by the four kicks in and fucking <laughs> Gravo comes through the door fucking head head butting columns and kicking things around I'm totally wired Fuck off, Thomas. Fuck off. He's bought Lee Carsley with him as well. Yeah. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is Lee Carsley doing here? All fucking red. He's had a day of it. He's had too much garlic. He's too far from home. And now Gravo's taking him into this fucking den of iniquity. And Lewis Figo sat there and Zidane sat there. And he just doesn't uh, He doesn't want any part of this Lee Carsley. He just wants to go home. Regretting that he he, he booked a flight on EasyJet for fourteen ninety nine about six months ago. You know, he properly planned it, Lee Carsley. You know, none of this jumping on. At, you know, outside Manchester or anything like that. He's, he's he's booked it on the easy jet. He's treated himself. He's gone speedy boarding. Uh, yeah, people I, have looked just just so people can look at him as he is that Lee Carsley. Lee Carsley, and he's yeah. turned up in Madrid. And Gravo's Gravo's not far off getting all the the extra wedge in. What does he do again? Is he a gambler? He lives in Thomas Gravson lives in Las Vegas. Like, what does he? Where do he get his money from, Jim? He's a he's a he's a Vegas poker expert. There's a really good sentence in this article which says, "With money in his pocket and dollar signs in his eyes, Mad Dog went to Sin City to start a new chapter in his life at the age of 37." Oh, and we and I tell you what, we won't be saying anything better than that today. So, so maybe we move on now into the nightmare blunt rotation and a, a young James Bird in <laughs> Gillingham. Tell us about Ooh. it, James. It's the bad days. It's when Wolves, you know, McCarthy's gone. Uh, two years before we've got relegated and then we've got relegated again and we're, league, we're in League One. Uh, it's a Friday night. I remember finishing work and just having to like run to the train and we had like three cans on the train. I had to run to the ground, all dehydrated by the time I got there. It was horrible, pissy rain. Uh, and Wolves went out there and lost 1-0 in the last minute to Gillingham. The away end isn't covered. We're all soaking wet. And in midfield or Wolverhampton Wanderers, are four men, seven 
of these men's surname, first names and surnames are first names. You've got David Edwards, James Henry, Michael Jacobs, and Kevin McDonald. There's seven first names in that lot. Um, Well, you say that, but Jacobs isn't the first name, and neither is Edwards. It counts. No, it doesn't. It counts. It counts. Edward and Jacob are in there as names. All right. Ed- All right. Edward's scissor hands. I'm it works. Out there. <laughs> no one's it- ever said that, have they? It works. <laughs> the point being is that these four men are very competent. They're very capable. We get promoted first go from League One, but it's just so dull. It's They're all so beige, and there is no chance that I would like to be sat in a pretend imaginary world, Mom, if you're listening, smoking a joint with these four beige 30 year old men playing for Wolverhampton Wanderers in Gillingham who's the who's the Wolves gaffer at this time is it Ch- Chipmunk Kenny it's Kenny Jacket yeah yeah another oh. beige beige dull competent man I tell you what I bet you Kenny Jacket loves egg and chips <laughs> no sauce oh no we'd have a bit of sauce we'd have a bit of sauce <laughs> A bit of sauce. You've got to have a bit of sauce in case the yolk ain't runny enough. And at the yolk ain't runny enough, you've only got dry chips. And then you've got to put more vinegar on. And no one wants more vinegar, do they? Double egg and chips. Double egg and chips, love. And a shit midfield. <laughs> so so that's that's my nightmare blunt rotation then for. I, I didn't enjoy it. A lot of people enjoyed it when we sort of completely ravaged League One. It was just embarrassing. Well, not for a proud club like Wolverhampton Wanderers, eh? They, you know, the... The, the originators of European football and all that, the floodlight Correct. kings. I'll talk about that if you want. No, no, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> we support these now. Uh, Sophie, you're up. Uh, who is it? Why should I care? Why should anyone care? Let's go. So not only do we support women's football now, uh, but we support teams uh, from all around the world who are using football as a way to support their community. Um, I'm going to paint a little picture for you. Set the scene. In 2019, the Women's World Cup, uh, the Lionesses are about to play Norway in the quarterfinal in what will be a 3-0 defeat. There's a 40-degree heat wave in Lyon in France. There's a buzz in the air. Um, Maybe the heat's just gone to my head. Um, Working an event uh, hosted by Equal Playing Field, who do some amazing work uh, aiming towards equality in football. They've flown out like 700 players from teams all around the world, trying to break a world record, providing opportunities for girls to be a part of something that's going to be really big. Uh, There's girls from Vietnam who have like never left their village before. There's a team from South Africa who have this magnetic pre-match chant and dance that's getting everyone involved. Um, There's even a UK women's parliamentary football club at the kind of less exciting end of that group. Uh, I get talking to one of the team members from Argentina. this is going to be a butchering of the Spanish language from me, but uh, La Nuestra Football Feminista. They're a grassroots women and LGBTQ plus collective from the Villa 31 area in Buenos Aires. Historically, it's a very rundown area. And obviously, politically, Argentina has a very fractured political scene. Uh, she tells me that getting girls and non-binary players on the pitch is more than a kickabout. It's a safe space. It's a small haven for those who are from tough family situations or rely heavily on their community for their well-being. Uh, at the event, they end up breaking two world records. So there were most nationalities featured in a match and most players in a five-a-side exhibition match. Uh, I then got stranded in Lyon. All our flights got cancelled and I had to interrail back to London to get to work the next day. But 
it felt like a bit of a fever dream at the time and now I can kind of look back on it and and kind of appreciate how amazing it was the chance to meet those girls and those players and hear their stories and obviously with another world cup around the corner I'm hoping that buzz comes back a little bit of heat would be nice as well nice as well Mundial joins the dots for football culture and that's not a boast by us but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial magazine 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundalemag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. The next section is first game, last game. We introduced you to last week. And for first game, last game, Seb is going with... Daniel De Rossi, Roma legend. Um, The reason I've picked him, uh, I got sidetracked the other day and as I do, got watching uh, the Totti documentary on on Sky, which is really, really good, actually, I have to say. Um, it's got a few Italian production flourishes, which are a little bit, um, shall we say, uh, uh, eccentric and maybe a little bit overblown. However, as a documentary, it's a great documentary, and it just made me realise the pressure that he was obviously, you know, Totti was on, and, and then it got me down a bit more of a, a Roma FC wormhole. And obviously... De Rossi sort of following in Totti's footsteps as a local boy done good. He obviously started right way back in 2001, which when Roma have just obviously just won the, the Serie A, he obviously started off very young, played, came on again in the Champions League. He's only 18. And he comes on for his first game in the Champions League against Anderlecht, a young, he looks so different, long hair, long, you know, curtains. And, you know, like Totti, he played... Roma for years for 18 years in the end 18 years and you just think leave it leave it stay at that one you know like Totti did just bow out don't you know be that one club man uh but Daniel De Rossi he's always quite mad in that in that midfield position but just decides to go and play for Boca Juniors you know a Europe you know that path that's so well trodden from Argentina from South America to Europe and now he's coming back the other way you know, it's 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 incredible. He's, he's obviously a passionate man. He sees the passion at Boca Juniors, decides to go and have a stint in Boca Juniors. He scores on his debut. Unfortunately, injuries do hamper his time while at Boca Juniors, but he certainly he certainly enjoys his time. And his last game, in the first game, last game, is away at uh, Rosario Central. And yeah, he's 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 only had a brief spell there. I think he played six games in the end. But what a you know. What a, what a way to go out. I'm just going to go and play for Boca Juniors. What an incredible thing to, to be able to do. Uh, I just think it's fantastic. And he, he says the only reason he left was mainly because his, his family was all still in Italy and it was, you know, it was hard for him to be away from them for so long. But he gave it his best shot. And he says he's always going to be, a part, you know, always be a Boca fan. And it's just incredible, really. I think it's just nice for someone just to go, actually, let's go and play Boca Juniors. Let's go and play for Boca Juniors for a bit. Which um, you mentioned Rosario Central there, Seb, and we'll get back to De Rossi in a second. But that reminded me that Carlos Tevez, who was until recently the Rosario Central manager, um, yesterday said, gave an interview, um, which was widely publicised, that Mm. he, he didn't learn English while he played for three clubs in this country because the Falklands contributed to his uncle's alcoholism and they were very close. Now, that is either the most noble thing I've ever heard or 
one of the biggest piles of bullshit for laziness I've ever heard. And I and I don't know which, but it was um he said some pretty rum stuff. I will never go back to Manchester again, not even for a holiday. Um, I wasn't going to speak English. I thought they can speak to, in Spanish to me, the bastards. Interesting from Carlitos. What do we think? Bullshit or earnest and noble? No, I think he's I think he's a very earnest man, Carlos Tevez. I, th- so, I think so. You I- think he didn't go to is Alex Ferguson sanctioned English classes because his uncle was an alcoholic because of the Falklands. You think that's true? Yeah. Okay. One yeah. true. Tommy, Tommy Stewart, who who would have seen a lot of Carlos Tevez at Old Trafford. Carlos Tevez was my favourite United player at the time, so I'm still heartbroken that he left for City and therefore, no, not therefore, just anyway, I'm saying bullshit. I'm calling bullshit because I think he is just a pure wind-up merchant. And I'm not I'm not disrespecting for this, by the way. I'm applauding it massively. Uh, I think it's hilarious, and I think he's totally... Yeah, he's totally fishing, and he. I imagine there are a lot of angry um, Man United and Man City fans on Twitter right now, but that's hilarious, isn't it? So, I reckon it's bullshit. Yeah, I reckon it's bullshit. I think uh, it is a bit of a reach, even if you're heavily influenced by your family, and you know it's a very noble thing to do. But he's just trying to piss people off, isn't he? He's trying to be a wind up merchant here. Seb, definitely a wind up. It's definitely. Something that's been mentioned, even is a joke in passing, and someone, one of maybe his agent or someone close to him, has gone. That would be a good idea, and then they they ran with it. I want to hear James's reasoning, please. <laughs> because because none of the other English players that I'm playing with can speak anything other than English, so fuck them. They can learn Spanish. There you go. That's what I think. Viva Carlito. That could also be his way of yeah getting his sweet revenge. <laughs> Daniela Di Rossi. So I had no idea about that until now. You didn't know he played for Bucca? No. Oh, didn't you? And I love that guy. Like, I would sign him all the time on Football Manager, but yeah. Yeah, only only because for fucking 15 years, fucking Manchester United were linked with De Rossi <laughs> and Schneider to the point that fucking United fans were frothing, frothing at anticipation and none of them ever signed. The great fucking midfield wind-up. <laughs> Right then, limbs. Everyone knows them. Everyone's done it. Everyone's talked about them. Everyone's marvelled at the photos. Um, limbs are a, a wonderful thing about football. And we're going to turn this one over to producer Tom. Tommy. So my limbs this week uh, is, the date is 19th of September 2020. It's West Didsbury and Charlton FC versus Berry. So it was the FA Vars first qualifying round and it was Berry's first game back um, following everything that happened that we spoke about last week. Uh, listen, if you've not listened to last week's episode, you should listen to it now because it will tell you the story of Berry. Um, so I was drinking back then. I no longer drink anymore. I've not drunk for a couple of years, but I was very drunk. It was during the pandemic and I had been asked to commentate on the West Hisbury and Shorten game. And I have no commentary experience. The last time I commentated on something was when Seth Bennett of uh, Radio Yorkshire and Five Live fame, he uh, taught me commentary in university. So I literally hadn't done it for about uh, nine or 10 years. And being this type of person I am, I just said, yep, fuck it, I'll do it. Um, So I showed up and had three or four pints to settle the nerves. I was probably a bit hungover and topping up for the next day, but I felt like I needed a bit of confidence. Hadn't done much research on the players, got given the team sheets just about five minutes before kickoff. 
And then I'm told we're going on a live. Well, I already knew I was going on a live stream, but I didn't know it was going out on Barry's uh, own Facebook account or the fan groups, at least, which had a few thousand followers. I thought my mum and dad and about three other people would be uh, listening. It turns out there was a few thousand people. I uh, am now an enemy of the Berry fans uh, <laughs> because of my commentary that day and my lack of knowledge, <laughs> which is totally my fault. I accept their hatred and their occasional abuse uh, when they remember how bad my commentary was that day. Beautiful sunny day, first game out of the pandemic. And... Then there was this goal. If West can clear here, if they can get a good counter attack, they... well, there's an open goal to aim at. Can he do it? He's got the pace for it. Oh, this is brilliant for the run. The key goal. West has been short and win the match, but I got very, very excited and I went full on. Um, I went full on sort of Spanish or South American commentators <laughs> and beer just flew all over the place uh, amidst the sort of sun glimmering through it. Um, everyone, it was just a massive pile on between players and fans. And that's what I was sort of trying to say in the commentary, the players and the fans are just together. And it's the first time we'd all seen each other in, in about a year. So yeah, and then someone made a sticker of it, and there is a sticker that I often <laughs> get sent pictures of or tagged on Instagram of me doing that commentary, sat behind my little desk, um, five or six pints deep, and I was reminded why I love football because I hadn't seen it live for about a year. And, yeah, fantastic day and proper, proper limbs. I've not been to a Westgate's game, but I see they have a right old go and there's a, a sort of real real fan culture there. Just, just give us a little bit about that, about why people, if they're if they're if they're going to Manchester and, and why they should maybe go and watch West Dids and, and, and just tell us a bit about it. Yeah, West has been shortened. So it's a God, it's been a club since eight, 18 something. So it's been a club for a, a long, long time. And it sort of for me, it became a uh it was just an alternative. It became an antidote to the Premier League football, which when I started going in 2015, 16, there was, we averaged about 40, 50 attendants. They now average anything between 600 and 1,000. Uh, there's only two stands as the Rob, well, one stand technically, the Rob Turley stand, and then there's a shed end where people stand. Uh, we they the fans and the club in itself raise a lot of money for refugee charities, LGBTQ plus charities, and it's just a very safe space and it's really good people doing really good things. And the fans and players, you know, go out on the piss together as it, you know, as football was back in the day, like back when our granddads sort of used to watch it and you'd go and watch, you know, you'd go and watch Man United one week, Man City the next week and... If you're coming to Manchester, I'd definitely recommend a game. It's in Chalton, loads of lovely pubs around and um, lovely, lovely people, the best people. And they made a sticker of you, which is incredible. <laughs> That's so good. Where have you seen it? I get. I got tagged last week. Some, someone said, I've just seen you. Um, I, it wasn't even in Manchester, but there's quite a few dive pubs, dive bars, like a few gig venues across Manchester, um, I've been sent it in London and Brighton. And I should say, 
the commentary and the footage of the goal got used on a BBC documentary, which is why there's some actual nice commentary of it. When we were in Dortmund, we interviewed a guy who used to basically be, who used to basically run the yellow wall or be, or be very high up in that organisation. Um, and he still wouldn't let us take his picture, no no face, no case and all that. But um, we talked quite a lot. We talked about various things, bit of everything. Um, we even talked about Steve Bull with him. Um, <laughs> but he said, we started talking about non-league football and about what the differences are. And he was like, yeah, but I hear this. And people say there's a bit of a non-league football revolution in England. And so what, 50, 60 people are going 500? And I was like... He didn't quite get it. And I think what he missed was that German football allows top flight football to be like that because of the way the clubs are run. You have to go down the leagues here to get it. And I think a lot of people know that, but there's still a lot of people who who would look down at non-league or your traditional match-going fan and they're always the best times. I've got more good stories from going to watch random non-league matches than I have many top flight games. Yeah. You know, and I he just, he didn't quite get it. And we sort of, we challenged him on a little bit and we're like, no, no, it is actually. And, you know, we've we've come into contact with so many people over the years who have stories like that about so many different clubs. It's the real football, isn't it? The connection, the fan connections, the the fact that, you know, you're, you're a group and these people. I remember when in, in COVID when Seb was out delivering in the Hampton and Richmond van all the time, doing the food banks and his wife even ended up doing it. And there's so many good things that go on with these clubs that need to be highlighted more. And yeah. I think that's really good though, Tommy. I think like, you know, like you say, Owen, it is a community. It's it's all about that kind of, no, not grassroots, but that kind of, you know, communal sense. You know, it, it's, you said it, it reminds you of when your granddad used to go back in the day, but actually like that those scenes are still very current. Those things are happening. They just don't get the spotlight or the funding that everything else does. So I think, yeah, those, they, they're sacred spaces. They should definitely be supported wherever you can. Greatest shirt, Sophie, Europe this week. What have you got? It might be an obvious choice. I'll probably get an eye roll from you, Owen, um, and it will probably rank lower than James's Portugal pick from last week, but it is my nostalgia choice. Uh, it's the Arsenal away 0102 shirt. It's a golden shirt for a golden era, <laughs> that cliche. It's a big Sega sponsor on the front, the classic Arsenal badge. Uh, Arsenal won the Premier League again that season. You know, I'm not really from a family who are into football, uh, my granddad's probably my biggest influence in that respect. Um, this was a very, very good time to be an Arsenal fan. It was a very good time to get into things. Yeah, my brother was obsessed with David Seaman and I was obsessed with Thierry Henry and I still always wear my socks above the knee as a credit to that that kind of golden time. So No, I think like that season, 01-02, I think it was, it was the season when Sol Campbell signed. They win the double that year as well. The kit is just like it's it's a shimmering gold kit with a blue collar like it's beautiful and i think for me obviously i always supported wolves dad granddad the whole boring classic story but arsenal my best mates supported arsenal at school and they were also they were always just they were always just cool they had cool players they had cool kits they had a cool manager and then that i just very very vividly remember that kit, them playing in that kit that season. Because they win the FA Cup as well, don't they? They win the double that year. Um, yeah, Arsenal were always my second team because they were just that, as I was growing up, they were just a little bit cooler than Wolves. I, it's it's a great shirt. No eye rolls here. Great shirts are great shirts. Mm. 
Oh, that's a relief. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, when you talk about Arsenal these days, it, it often isn't well received. So, No, I, I can think of no reason to roll my eyes other than the fact I'm not sure about the socks above the knee, so to be honest. <laughs> it's personal preference though, isn't it? it? It is personal preference. It may come as no surprise that I am low socks. Oh, you've got your shinny shin pad sticking out. Yeah, I do have calves like Jack Grealish, though. <laughs> you do have big calves. Humble brag there, humble brag. He does. Um, <laughs> no, I've done nothing to gain them. I just have big calves. Uh, Jack, mm. you know, are they like Jack Grealish's? No, he's got a very lustrous covering of, of hair, which I, <laughs> which I don't have. But it means that when I do wear socks pulled up, it looks like... Um, someone once described Arnold Schwarzenegger at his pumped-up peak as looking like a condom stuffed with walnuts. And... Um, yeah, if I wear football socks pulled right up, it looks like a condom stuffed with like, I don't know, like a, a black pudding forced into it or something like that. Pretty unsightly, so socks down. James, you're a socks down merchant, aren't you? Yeah, big time, big time. Seb is three quarters, right around his thighs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can actually, I didn't realise this until very recently because I had to buy over some socks. You can actually buy socks to, that go over, a, a fit better over your knee. Oh, you're not just it's not just socks that are pulled up it's actual and i, I yeah i was i was astounded you know um, yeah one, that you one thing i thing. one thing i haven't bored the listeners about yet is my um coaching career which is currently um well it's not happening anymore but I did it for quite a long time and and went and did um my badges etc but i once told the team when they were about under 13s i said if you win the league i'll buy you a nike kit and essentially i'd had a tax rebate and i thought It'd be a nice thing to do with a tax rebate. And the club kits weren't great. I knew we were probably going to get a used kit handed down. And I just knew it was going to be all. And we were going up into a better league and all this. So I thought I'd do it. And um, so I did. I bought this blue night kit. I got the sponsors put on. Did it all my own on my own through discount football kits. But there's two things that happened with that. Is one is the first thing is the funniest is that. There's a picture somewhere of the of the team photo when we all got it. For some reason, instead of ordering my coach's version of all the kit in like black or something, because our team shirts <laughs> were blue, I just jibbed out and just got large in blue. So I just so there's a fucking there's a fucking team photo. There's a team, there's a team photo of me sat on the front, just looking like the fucking <laughs> With a beard, just looking fucking. Oh god, I I start sweating when I think about it now. Such a bad choice, and it was such lovely kit. And then I spent all the money and couldn't really justify going and getting any more. So up and down the touch lines of the Maidstone League, that next season was me looking like a big fucking <laughs> fucking blue idiot. But also, I cannot believe it. A, I've not heard that story, and B, I have not seen the pictures. Please, now. we need to see the picture. Yeah. We need to see the pictures. It popped up again. It popped up again recently, and it, it's. Um, but secondly, what I was getting to is that the, I gave <laughs> I gave them all I gave them all the socks, and one of them just started fucking cut, cutting them up when I was there. I said, "What are you fucking mm. doing?" He said, it's what Ronaldo does, isn't it? I said, I couldn't give a fuck what Ronaldo does. He gets new socks every game. I've paid for those. He's like, well, no, it's just, and just cut them up and then taped them. And they, and they, in the end, I just had to go, oh, well, you know what? It's a, they're your socks, I suppose. I, I did buy them for you. And they, all of them cut their, um, yeah, cut the bottoms out of them. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. Last week, Seb asked me to put him buying football programmes into outs and he gave this impassioned speech saying if Owen puts it in outs I will stop buying them which raises some questions about what Seb would and wouldn't do if I asked him to to do it but anyway I was on a call with Seb early earlier today talking about this very podcast and some of the uh the admin stuff and he went hang on hang on hang on no lent out his window all right mate any chance you can leave it outside so then he ran downstairs got it and went it's another program so he's not stopped He's, he hasn't stopped. And so we thought, well, we just best make it a fucking regular then, haven't we? And so Seb's special programs. <laughs> Here we go. Owen, I'm going to call you an, enab- an enabler at this point, though. Yeah, it's been it's been said before. <laughs> Seb, so I would like to look at the cover. I would like to tell you, tell me the date, the time. Look at it. Doesn't it look lovely? So this is the oldest one I've currently got in my collection. Um, it is... Sporting Lisbon hosting Manchester United in the European Cup Winners' Cup quarterfinal all the way back in 1964. I think you can agree, all of you all agree, it looks pretty. It's got that early 60s, nice, simple, but classic feel to it. Um, Man United went there 4-1 up in the first leg and then got absolutely twatted 5-0. And a team can complain with a, a team containing best Charlton and Law. In terms of programmes, pretty much the usual thing. Just certainly from that time, pen profiles, player profiles, should I say. And then obviously, and I'll put this on social as well, you know, your nice team lineup in the middle, surrounded by all sorts of adverts. What year is this from, Seb? This is from 1964. And I think I bought, yeah, it, I bought it for a lot less. eBay is becoming my friend friend at the moment. I'm getting a, you know, you, you see all the adverts in the back of football magazines for program collect, you know, program sellers and stuff like that. I get my values off there. Go on eBay and see if I can do a bit of bargain hunting. And yeah, it's I've a got beauty. this one quite cheap. It's not like in brilliant condition, right? Because that's obviously a lot, a lot of collectors are worried about. Like lovely condition, no writing. I'm not bothered about that. I like a bit of lo- love to it. And I think someone's even written a score on here somewhere. So you want to enjoy but, them, don't you? you? You want them to be enjoyed, not um, not looked at. I want them to be enjoyed. That's a so very went, nice way of saying it. When you said eBay's your friend there, if you carry on this habit, you're probably going to need a friend, aren't you, when she kicks you out? <laughs> And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 she's taken the weans off us because I couldn't yeah. stop buying um, football programs. But it, yeah, it's 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 because yeah, it's not something I've you know I've always collected. I've got all my ticket stubs from all the games I've been to. 
I didn't really, I stopped buying programs a long time ago, actually games I went to, but yeah, it's just, I think, you know, it's just something I've got very yeah into. Can I ask how much it was that, that one? Uh, a lot. Too, too no, 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 God, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to spend more than 20 quid. Okay. Because I want it. I want to frame that. It's fucking yeah. beautiful. Well, there you are, see? Exactly. It is it's beautiful. Nice. What I would like to say is that Seb, for a good five or six issues now, has had a regular sort of feature in the back section of the magazine where he where he interviews someone, an, an obsessive. So he's done goalkeeper glove collectors. He's done pin badge collectors uh, and all sorts of people who collect things. And I very much like the idea that he's since... He's since uh, found his own obsession to do with football programmes and he might have to go to his own house to interview himself about football programmes. <laughs> um... That's what I did the last three months, to be fair, Jack. But... <laughs> yeah, I'm in Richmond today to meet somebody who I've been waiting to speak to for a long, long time. His vast collection of football programmes is something that I've wanted to look through myself. It's me. Drum roll, please. Last week, Tommy did a quiz and Asa cheated and read it off the screen. So this week, over to you, Tom. What we got? Well, just uh, an update on that. It's still with the dubious quiz um, answering panel. Uh, I um, Basically, that means I've not had time to look at it. But I am going to check the footage. And if I see him looking at the phone, Assad will be docked points. So if you... Uh, listen, last week you will know the rules. If you didn't, I will explain to you quickly now. It's very simple. It's called Who Played At? And I will read out a team and a game from any point in time. And I will read out, I will also say the name of a position on the pitch for one of the two teams in that game. First one to get it gets the points. And I've also decided... You know, if it's dubious, I can award draws. So we're going to do a football league system. If you get it, three points. It's one person gets it. The first one to shout out, and that's it. Game over. One question. First of all, we need to go round. Are you going to stick? That's what I want to know. Are you going to stick with your uh, buzzing noises from last week, or are you going to invent new ones? Totally up to you. I will start with Seb. James? I'm still do 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 Sophie? I'm going to go with a classic honk, like a nice. little horn. Nice. <laughs> Owen? Uh, the same, the, um, same. the elephant, elephant in distress. God, I hate that. It's so terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's better if you do it through a tube, but I, I couldn't find a fucking tube. I was going to do it, and I need to lean right back. <laughs> a poster tube, fucking great. <laughs> Any type of dopamine rush I get these days. All righty then. Uh, so the game is, and... Um, I'm going to read it quite slowly to give you just, you know, I want as many guests as possible just fucking, you know, get involved. Although we don't want a Finchie on the office situation where you're just shouting names at me. You still have to make your noise before you come in. All right, let's go. 2014 UEFA Champions League final. Mm. Who played left back for Real Madrid? <laughs> Owen? Um, Conceição. Who? Fabio, Fabio Conceição, the Portuguese left back with blonde hair. Is his name not Contrao? <laughs> Fabio Contrao. You know I meant. I'll give it. I'll, I'll give you the points, Owen, because I know you meant. What? It's right. Yeah, it's that. That is it's the. Not his name. 
You know what I meant. And as a man who has been mangling expressions and names for the longest, and, and, and just making up new idioms and phrases and things like that, in the entirety of the time I've known him, you can fucking pipe down. You're allowed, you're allowed to make things up. Anyway, I was going to say Sergio Ramos. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Owen gets the three points. Fabio oh, Pintra. Yeah. Straight. Well done, Owen. Tommy, can you check the recording in the reflection of his glasses as well, please? Yes. <laughs> of course I will. Tomorrow. That was very impressive, Owen. My brain did that thing where people are like, oh, name a song. And you're like, oh, I listened to music once. As soon as you said 2014, (laughs) I was like, I can't remember what happened last week. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm just going to put it out there. Owen Blackhurst is a very, very clever man. And what he's done there is he's pretended to mangle the name so that you don't think he's just typed in 2014 <laughs> Champions League final and up comes Fabio and he's like, Conciao, oh okay. God, what's he called? What's he called? Will I get the points? I hope this is true. I mean, it's on Wikipedia, so it must be true. But you never guess what he's doing now. He's followed in his father's footsteps and he's become a fisherman and he's living his life on the sea. Ah. Oh. I did not expect you to say that. I'm not going to lie. My father had a boat. He used to fish. And I always went with him as a child. My life was the sea, the sea and fishing. Of course, I know that football would one day end and I should take a new direction in my life. And happiness is this boat. And this is a life I want to lead. I hope that is true because that is. Can you commission someone to go over and interview him, please? That is. That would be amazing. uh, uh, Real Madrid left back said, yeah, you know, Champions League and all that. And he's just. Out on the sea. It's, done that is, it's gone all Hemingway. <laughs> that is wonderful. Enjoying this podcast, but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations, and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. Last week, we saw last episode, we sang the Hokey Cokey. It was um, one of the worst things put to record since that Stone Roses comeback single a few years ago. Um, we won't be doing that again. I wonder what Ian Brown's been up to since. Um, <laughs> and um, so, Inns. Out. I will decide. I'm the vanguard of whether they're going or not. I can question them, query them, add my own. So I have the script here in front of me, but I'm happy to just... Tommy, roll them in. Let's start again then with you, Seb. This week, I'm going to put my your local library into INS because I think we've got to keep using them. They are brilliant. Ever since I was a kid, I'll be going to the library. I mean, again, there's not much to do in Yeovil, so the library is probably one of the high points. But... I, I've been going back and forth now. I don't. I haven't got really more room on my shelf for all the football books, all the silly football books to put any more books in. So it's a lot easier and cheaper for me to use a local library. And I'm using a great, great service that does an awful lot of good for an awful lot of people, which is becoming increasingly, increasingly where after 13 years of uh, Tory government. So use your local library or lose them for the future. Libraries. Um, I was a big fan of of Bridge North Library when I was growing up. I was there. I was there all the time. In fact, I, I when I was back there recently visiting my dad, I had a little bit of walk around the back and saw if the wall we used to jump over and smoke was still there. They've doubled the height of the wall now, so you can't get over it. Also, used to eat chips there. They're in for now, but I think I think libraries are doomed if something don't if things don't change. So libraries are 
very much in now and in forever. And um, James Bird. Seco Fofana. Uh, Lons is captain. They're sort of having a title charge in league. Uh, they're four points behind PSG, I think, um, who have picked up form. So that looks less likely. But he's just absolutely brilliant. My uh, my dear friend Statman Dave doesn't stop talking about him. He just sends me texts middle of the night saying I love Seco Fofana. He uh, s- scored a winner on Friday against Stad Rems, who have a very young English manager, apparently. I don't know if any of you have heard about that. <laughs> but um, he scored. Uh, Lance had a player sent off. They were 1-0 down. And then Seco Fofana gets the ball in the middle of midfield, takes on four players, puts it in the back of the net. For the second game in a row that he's done that, he's just a wonderful footballer. He's 28. He's one of those players who's just got better and better and better. He was at Udinese before Lens. And I want him in. I want him in the Premier League. I want him doing his thing in the Prem. A late oh. bloomer. Well, you do love big six football. Top flight Birdo. Uh, big six Birdo is, is his name. Um, I'll, I'll allow Seco for fun. And no reason to, to not have him in. Uh, two things there that our listeners should probably know about is that James and um, the the wildly more successful and popular and famous Statman Dave <laughs> uh, shared uh, shared a house at university and both gone to work in football. And one of them is Chappers's mate and a uh, regular guest on the Peter Crouch show. And the other one is on here um, try, picking up his cat and dealing with his shit internet, <laughs> talking about. French footballers. So um I have no idea that they went to you. I, I'm I know Statman Dave as well. Do you? Um, yeah, yeah. He's like the nicest guy ever, yeah. We we, we meet up, we meet up at the Trafford after the United games sometimes. But yeah. Do you? Yeah, lovely man. Lovely man. Lovely guy. Moving on from <laughs> Statman David Seco Fafana, Sophie Kirk. What's your in? I feel like there's always got to be uh something food related in inns because why would it not be in you know um and it's nothing weird like eating 30 twixes or anything like that um I want to big up some dumplings that I had recently I had some xiaolong bao which are the little soup dumplings that you get they're like a little fluffy pillow filled with like pork and peas and like a really nice broth and you just rip them open let the steam come out slurp the soup out and then stick them in your gob they are delicious 10 out of 10 they are very much in. Where did you have them? I had them at Dumpling Legend in Chinatown. Classic. Uh, would recommend again if uh, right. oh. got the inclination. Other, other, other dumpling houses are available. Dumpling Legend, did you say? Dumpling Legend, yeah. You heard it here. I might what shall we call it? <laughs> what are we selling? Dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick Legend on, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm go. Uh, we're in the office tomorrow. I'm going. I'm telling you now. Yeah, that dumpling legend. That's. Oh, I, I might. It. I might start calling you that, Seb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Restaurant is just dumplings. All right. I'm in. I'm going tomorrow. Yeah. Big fan of dumplings. Big fan. Dumplings are in. So I haven't refused anything this week. So I feel like I should give Tommy an in, uh, just so I can refuse it. Yeah, I'm going to go with tops off for celebrations uh, because of Alejandro Garnacho. It's rare that someone warms up in front of the Stratford end and the whole crowd like stands on its feet just for someone warming up because they've not been because they've been injured for two months. And uh, yeah, he's just signed a new contract with Man United. He's having a baby. 
He's got brilliant cheekbones. He's dyed his hair all bleach blonde and he looks cool as fuck. And he took his top off. And I think we need to stop booking people for that because uh, of Diego Forlan not being able to get his top on about 13 years ago. I think that was the reason why it was introduced and it took too long. So just tops off. I'm, I have an example. That is the case study. But the general thing that I'm saying is in is tops off for celebrations. Yeah, I'm all for it. I, I've, I hate anything that stops the emotion and immediacy of, of football and the thrill of doing it because anyone at any level knows scoring a goal is fucking brilliant. And imagine doing it when you're 18 years old, you've had your first questionable dye job and, and bowl cut and you think you look fucking mustard. And you know what? You're 18 and you're really fit, so you do. <laughs> You come back on a, a big cavernous fucking ground like Old Trafford, um, a support, a match going support known for their support of um, young players. But imagine that and you fucking and it's been a bit moribund um, and you're suddenly there and they're treating you like the second come in and you fucking score with a lovely tidy finish that looks like you and really shows all your potential and, and how you're going to go on as a player. Fucking hell. And you get booked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because some fucking knobhead ref. Well, it's not. In fact, it's not the ref's fault, is it? It's it's the rules. He really back. did. I, I filmed it. I was filming it. I rarely do that. But because I, I knew he was going to book him. And I filmed it just because I wanted to see how the ref was so gutted. He was so reluctant. He was like, I'm sorry. But yeah, some of the great celebrations of our time have been tops off. David Ginola signs for Aston Villa. And John Gregory basically says he needs to lose a bit of timber. The Ginola goes out and scores in his first game. We should probably have a look at that at that Villa team actually, because it, it, I, if I remember rightly, it was fucking bananas. And um, and Ginola tops off, fucking tensing his fucking arms and doing stuff like that. I instantly thought of that iconic uh, moment from Chloe Kelly with her top off, yes. winging it around her head at the Euros last year. I mean yes. that alongside a lot of other beautiful moments, but that and a an England cowboy hat are, are stitched into my mind forever. <laughs> and actually, I have a tattoo of that England hat, so it's it's permanent. Wow! <laughs> permanent. Seb's got a tattoo of a of a man with a flare up his ass from the year before. <laughs> <laughs> he got the flare tattooed on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! It's, it's, bloody hell! Anyway, <laughs> so you mentioned uh, the the guy with the flare who obviously overindulged and uh, by twelve o'clock in on a Sunday morning had put a flare in his ass and everyone stood around and laughed and took pictures and it went all on the social media. So Wembley Way, you can't have a drink anymore along Wembley Way. Alcohol is banned. I kind of get it, you know. Times move on and it's it, it's great and and it, it was a much pleasant experience to walk up, up Wembley Way with you know with kids, but it's disrupted by this awful, awful um, recorded voiceover done by Clive Tilsley. And it says, hi, Clive Tilsley here. Wembley is now a no drinking zone. Please, do, you know, and all blah, 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 blah. And it's fine. You might hear it once or twice. And yeah, hearing that probably 50 times means, can we, can, I have to put it in out. Oh, right. Oh, oh, you want it in out. This isn't just a, a personal anecdote about... No, no, no. Sorry. I, I want... <laughs> I want this. I want the pre-recorded Clive Tilsley voice on Wembley Way telling you that it it's not um you can't drink anymore and 
just hold on. They're just getting some people out of Wembley Park Station and the queue will move. It's infuriating. And um, I, I like Clive Tills. He's all right. He's, he sounds, the voice is a nice voice, but no, not on Wembley way. No. I will put Clive Tildesley's AI um, booze banning voice into out. <laughs> so. My out is a twisted ankle. Out. Oh, out. out. Way out. out. I was coming out. off the Elizabeth line my out. way in the other day and just it's humbling it's a humbling experience out they are out we don't just say any more about that out the next one is a sort of a collective out um and uh, i will say that yesterday in our office which we share with other 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 brands of our parent company a bit of a conversation sparked up and we started talking about we saw there was a Leicester fan in the office called George, um, handsome George Crew, and he was talking about um, the the triumvirate that they've got back at the helm at Leicester: uh, Dino, uh, Shaky, and uh, Captain Leader Bellend. And uh, we were like, what, what would they be as a group? And and, and, and Matt O'Connor Simpson, who I might listen to this, said works for goal. He said, "He said, well, they'd be like right," said Fred, wouldn't they? And I said. I don't know about that. I can't imagine Wright said Fred were very Brexit, were they? And he said, oh, yes, they are. And how he knew was uh, James. My out today is Harry Redknapp. And I'm afraid you've got to forget about all the, he's going right to the top. You've got to forget about all the, I'm not a fucking wheeler dealer. You've got to forget all about those cuddly granddad moments. And and, and when he gets hit by the ball, who's, yeah, who's yeah, fucking done yeah. that? No ones you can't get into the fucking first team. Anyway, moving Ex- on. Exactly. Exactly that. Because at some point in the last four days, he appeared on GB News and he's sat at a table with Nigel Farage tapping his fucking knee as right said Fred play I'm Too Sexy my shirt acoustic acoustic it's three of the most abnormal men having one of the most abnormal times i've ever seen i'm afraid right fred said two people (laughs) yeah (laughs) i went played it in the office yesterday and i swear to god something inside me died i couldn't even look at it it was so embarrassed secondhand embarrassment it was just so unfortunately red nap's gotta go man he's gotta go He's... he's gone He's got some um, some real prison whites on, real prison white trainers. He's got a glass of... Far- Far- Farage has got his customary pint of bitter because he's a real because he's a real man. Fuck um, oh, me. What a cunt. Fucking... He, managed, yeah, he looks like a Russian doll that's been set about with a fucking hammer. And then <laughs> and then Redlap's there with a glass of rouge, <laughs> tapping his knee as Richard Fairbass launches into a bit of an a cappella version of um of i'm too sexy uh, it sounds like more of a fever dream than our dream blunt rotation it? <laughs> it does. pretty awful and, and 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 just for anyone who hasn't seen it while this is going on nigel fucking farage starts stripping off of the camera yeah the time oh, comes off, the shirt comes off no yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll put the link in the in the, in the show description it yeah. was i don't think we should promote it i'm not no. gonna lie no, I think people need to know what's lurking out there. <laughs> but you don't de-platform people. You need to see your wrongans in front of you. You need to know where they are at all times. And they are in a... Know your enemy. I think there's nowhere to look to find it. And Redknapp's pro- yeah, bro- probably wearing one of his son's polo shirts with Sam, you know, the sh- shit's Sandbanks logo on it. But anyway, sorry, I'm getting digressing. No, no, no. It's a bad brand. 
It's a bad brand. Jamie Red Jamie Redknapp has launched an expensive coat brand named after the part of Bournemouth they live in. Yeah. I mean, fucking hell. <laughs> Mind you, if you can fucking get a 10-year career off calling a magazine Monday, which just means world, then I suppose you can do anything really, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Guilty on it, guilty is charged. Yeah. Out. Harry Redknapp is very much out, and that has been uh, the second episode of Reminding You Why I Love Football. We've we've enjoyed having you. Thank you, everyone, listened last week. If you've listened this week, please go and um, leave a review. Give us some stars. Um, there's one person who's given us one star, and loads of people have given us more. So at the moment, it's averaging out at four because of this one person. I'd like to know who it is and, and ask them what's wrong with them and why they bothered listening far enough to give it a review if they didn't like us. It's probably one of our enemies, and we've got a fucking load of them. So if you want to buy the magazine, it's mundalmag.com. Um, follow us on social at mundalmag, at mundalmag on Twitter and Insta. Um, we've currently got a magazine out. We need to sell some more of them, so don't be afraid to go along and show your support. Uh, share this. Tell your mates. Thanks again, and we will be back next week with more of the same. All the best. Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial production for Football Co. Original music by Harry Harris, production by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.